Welcome to the Health, Wealth, and Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Hagen, a nutrition coach, entrepreneur, food freedom expert, and forever a recovering disordered eater. I am here to help you own your enoughness, find your very own food freedom, and achieve your health and wellness goals in a way that gives more than it takes. Each week, I will provide you with insight and inspiration surrounding no-nonsense nutrition, mindset, motivation, body image, confidence, and other wellness wisdom. Hello, my beautiful friend, and welcome back to the show. Today's topic is a great, relatable subject, and that is how you can improve your cholesterol in five steps. I decided to record this episode because of a recent message I received from a former nutrition coaching with Nicole client. This graduate and I worked together a couple of years ago now, and she recently reached out, slid into my DMs and said, Nicole, I need some help. I need to know how we can adapt and adjust our diet because my husband was recently diagnosed with high cholesterol. What can we do? And I thought, you know what? Since one in three Americans struggle with high cholesterol, this is probably something we should do an episode on. So without further ado, what the heck is cholesterol? Cholesterol is an important molecule in the body and anyone who has a liver produces cholesterol. That's a good thing. Cholesterol is often talked about in negative terms, but the truth of the matter is we all need a small amount of blood cholesterol because our bodies use it for a lot of things like building cell membranes, making hormones like estrogen and testosterone, helping the metabolism to work efficiently, etc. That being said, there is a strong association between elevated cholesterol or high cholesterol and risk of premature death from cardiovascular disease. Now to throw out some numbers, normal cholesterol, what is considered normal in the medical world is less than 200 milligrams. 210 milligrams is the average cholesterol level for those in developed countries. So most, or the average, I should say, in developed countries is high. And that 210 milligrams predicts a 50% chance in premature death due to atherosclerosis, which is the buildup of fats, cholesterol, and other substances in and on the artery walls. So just a small increase over that normal 200 milligrams can be potentially dangerous. In fact, going from 200 milligrams, which is normal, to 260 milligrams bumps up your chance of death by 500%. And that's because high cholesterol increases your risk of heart disease and heart attacks. Medications can absolutely help to improve cholesterol. In fact, some of you listening may be on cholesterol medications. If you'd rather make lifestyle changes first to improve your cholesterol, if you want to delay starting a medication, or you're on cholesterol medication and you want to improve their cholesterol lowering effect, these five changes are for you. And I want to make that clarification because I think sometimes it's lifestyle versus medication. And you know, around here, we believe in the messy middle. And 
Yes, I like to advocate for trying natural lifestyle behavioral changes first. And yet, I also understand that for some individuals and in certain situations, medication is really powerful and really beneficial and can keep us alive for longer. But that doesn't mean, and this is what I see happen a lot, we have to then say, well, what I do doesn't matter anyway, I'm on meds. So I can eat whatever I want, or I can do whatever I want, I'm on medication for it. We forget that we can have the best of both worlds if we need to be on medication by also engaging in these lifestyle changes that I'm gonna talk about, and then reducing the dose of the medication that we're on and improving the benefit of the medication that we're on. So that could be a whole nother podcast episode, but nevertheless, five steps, I'm gonna share them with you right now that you can take to improve your cholesterol. Number one is watch your fat consumption. There are different types of fat and the fats that you want to be on the lookout for specifically when it comes to cholesterol are saturated fat, trans fat, and omega-3 fatty acids. The goal would be to reduce saturated fats. And saturated fat is found primarily in things like red meat. The marbleization of meat is saturated fat. Full fat dairy products, things like coconut, there is some naturally occurring saturated fat. And then there's saturated fat in things like processed meats. So sausages or hot dogs, things of that nature. And saturated fat raises total cholesterol, which is that recommended 200 milligrams would be the normal range. So decreasing your consumption of saturated fats can reduce your cholesterol, your total cholesterol, and your LDL, which is your low density lipoprotein. That's what we call the bad cholesterol. Reduce saturated fats is subpoint number one. Subpoint number two is to eliminate, cut out, which is not something you will hear me say often, trans fats. And trans fats are sometimes listed on a food label as partially hydrogenated vegetable oil. Trans fats are man-made, they do not naturally occur in any food, and they're often used in things like margarines and store-bought cookies and crackers and cakes, anything that may need a longer shelf life. Trans fats raise total cholesterol levels and there's nothing beneficial about them. So if you're looking at a nutrition label, you want to find something that has zero trans fats and avoid ingredients like partially hydrogenated vegetable oil. The last fat we're going to talk about today is one you actually want to increase, and those are omega-3 fatty acids. So in an effort to better manage your cholesterol, we want to reduce saturated fat, eliminate trans fat, and eat more omega-3 fatty acids because omega-3 fatty acids do not affect your LDL cholesterol, but they do have other heart protective benefits like reducing your blood pressure. You might be asking, okay, Nicole, well, where can I get these omega-3 fatty acids? You can get them primarily from things like oily fish, salmon, mackerel, herring, sardines, walnuts, and flax seeds. Now, if you are thinking, okay, that's great, but I don't really eat a lot of those things, you may benefit from an omega-3 
fish oil supplement. The recommendation is eating oily fish or having an omega-3 rich food at least twice a week. So if that's not you, might be beneficial to look into a supplement. Step number two that you can take to better manage your cholesterol is to increase your soluble fiber consumption. Soluble fiber actually reduces the absorption of cholesterol into your bloodstream. Soluble fiber is one of two types of fiber. We have soluble and insoluble. Insoluble, just like the name suggests, it actually uh, dissolves in water and then goes on to reduce our cholesterol. And it can be found in foods like oatmeal and kidney beans, Brussels sprouts, apples, pears, lots of fruits and vegetables. So what research shows when it comes to fiber is that the more soluble you can consume, the better for your cholesterol. Among other things, increasing your fiber is also great for managing your blood sugar. So what you want to do is to try to make vegetables, fruits, beans, whole grains, nuts, and seeds, the majority of your diet. In fact, there's some research to show that a plant-based diet, and please don't misunderstand, plant-based doesn't mean you can't eat any animal sources of protein. It doesn't mean you can't eat non-plant-related foods, but that is one of the best ways to decrease your elevated cholesterol. Eating three or more servings of whole grains each day does translate to approximately a 30% lower risk of atherosclerosis disease. So that is huge. 30% lower risk by incorporating more fiber by way of whole grains. Things like brown rice and quinoa, beans, legumes, whole grain bread products, oatmeal, that's one of the reasons why you see oatmeal being recommended as a breakfast option for individuals who have high cholesterol. The bottom line for step number two is eat more fiber. The more fiber, the better. The best place to get fiber, whole grains, fruits, and vegetables. Step number three is to move more. Exercise significantly improves cholesterol. Moderate physical activity can actually help increase your high density lipoprotein, your HDL, which we consider the good cholesterol. And as long as you have your doctor's permission to be physically active, so always wanna get the A-okay on that first, the goal right now is to exercise at least 30 minutes five times per week, or 20 minutes three times per week vigorously. Now, most of us are not exercising vigorously, so I would aim for the 30 minutes of exercise at least five times per week. And keep in mind, this is something to work up to. So if right now you are not physically active, start with one or two 15-minute workouts per week. Adding physical activity, the best way to do it is to start with the lowest hanging fruit. So start at the easiest time of the day, start with short intervals and do what you enjoy. So if taking a brisk walk during your lunch hour feels most manageable, great, do that. If playing you know, with your children at the playground or riding bikes with your older children feels like a great option, awesome, do that. If you're someone who really loves recreational sports and you wanna you know, get into a pickup soccer league or you wanna play golf or you want to go to the gym and actually hit up a class with a friend, the best 
type of exercise is the exercise that you can consistently keep doing. Moving more is always a good idea, not just when it comes to cholesterol, but so many other health, so many other chronic diseases as well. So the more you can move, the better. If you are not at least getting 30 minutes of exercise five times a week, that's a great place to start. And then you can work up to increasing some of that moderate physical activity to vigorous if and when you're ready to cross that bridge. Step number four is losing extra body fat in a safe and sustainable way because carrying even a few extra pounds contributes to high cholesterol. Now, please hear me when I say losing extra body fat. If you are already a lean and healthy individual with an appropriate amount of body fat, then this step does not apply to you. If you are carrying extra adipose tissue around, you are likely to have higher cholesterol than someone who is not. Gaining body fat usually increases cholesterol. Similarly, losing body fat decreases cholesterol. So I'm not going to give you tips and tricks for this one because Hopefully you've been tuning into the show. If you haven't, there are about 190 episodes talking about how you can lose body fat in a safe and sustainable way. This is what we do around here. And if you need some additional help with this in a one-on-one capacity, I am accepting new coaching clients in November. My co-coach Lauren is currently accepting new coaching clients and our application is always in the show notes below. So If you're carrying extra body fat around and you've been wanting to lose that body fat, know that an added benefit could be reducing your cholesterol. Step number five, last but not least, and nobody's going to like this one, but you know I'm here to give you the no-nonsense nutrition truth, and this step is to watch what you drink because caffeine can increase cholesterol levels by approximately 10%. So if you are a soda drinker or a coffee drinker, you may have a slightly elevated cholesterol level comparatively to tea drinkers because tea can actually help to lower blood cholesterol, reduce the plaque in your arteries and improve your blood vessel function. So I'm not saying you have to cut out your coffee and you have to become a tea drinker. I'm simply saying If you are actively trying to reduce your cholesterol, maybe try doing half-calf or maybe try having a decaf tea instead of the second or the third cup of coffee. Might be worth exploring. Notice, I didn't say anything about eggs. And I'm betting there are a lot of people who are like, but what about eggs? Because in the news, I have personally seen everything about eggs and cholesterol. They're evil, don't eat them. I've even had clients tell me their doctors told them to cut eggs out. But here's the truth. Dietary cholesterol, so cholesterol in the foods we eat, has minimal impact on blood cholesterol for most individuals. So in general, eggs do not seem to have a negative effect on blood cholesterol levels. Does that blow your mind? (laughs) Now, there's always an exception, and there are some specific cholesterol diseases where individuals are born with extremely high cholesterol levels, and having dietary cholesterol is not beneficial for them. But for most of us who may be struggling with run-of-the-mill high cholesterol due to 
the majority of our choices, eggs do not need to be demonized. I want to end this episode by just dipping my toe into the nature versus nurture argument. Because when we talk about cholesterol, inevitably someone will ask, well, my parents have high cholesterol or my grandparents had high cholesterol. Is that why I have high cholesterol? And the answer is it depends. Because yes, there absolutely is a genetic component to health. And cholesterol is not an exception to that. So if family members have high cholesterol, we are far more likely to have high cholesterol ourselves. But like genes are passed down from family members, so too are habits. One thing that I have learned as a nutrition coach is that our eating behaviors today, your eating behaviors today as an adult have been patterned and conditioned from childhood. So if you grew up in a household with guardians who did not eat vegetables, you are less likely to be a vegetable eater. If you grew up in a household that always consumed full fat dairy products frequently throughout the day, you are more likely to be a cheese lover and to have full fat milk products consistently throughout the day. If you grew up in a family that prioritized colorful fruits and vegetables at most meals and incorporated some lean proteins with some fattier, maybe more processed proteins, guess what? You're more likely to do that as an adult. So yes, there is a nature genetic component. However, cholesterol is significantly impacted by lifestyle factors, such as what we eat, or what we don't eat in certain circumstances, how much we are inclined to be physically active versus someone who grew up never learning how to step foot in a gym, not feeling comfortable playing sports and really not knowing how to connect his or her body to movement. So all of that to say, there is a component to health that we can't control, right? Genetics are completely outside of the scope that we can change. However, What we can change is our eating behavior today, our relationship with movement today, our relationship to food today. So if you're at a place in your life, in your health journey, in your relationship with food, and you don't really love your current outcomes, you have the power to change your habits that in turn will change your health and your outcomes. So I hope that's encouraging to you because sometimes I know when we talk about specific health markers, it can feel really outside of our control and discouraging. But when it comes to cholesterol specifically is what we're talking about today, but a lot of health outcomes, you have so much power and creating change is not easy. And I'm not here to say that it is or to insinuate such, but you have so much power. And if you need some help making those changes, I'm here for you. My suggestion would be if you're looking to better manage your cholesterol, pick one of these things and start focusing on it for at least the next two weeks. And then if you're ready to add a second thing, experiment with adding a second thing. Don't try to do all five of these cholesterol lowering steps at once. And as always, friends, if I can help, I am just a message away. Catch you on the flip side, squad. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Health, Wealth, and Wisdom Podcast. 
If you like what you heard today, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe, and then head on over to nutritioncoachingwithnicole.com where you can sign up for my weekly emails where I send out my favorite tips, tricks, advice, and support every single Monday morning to help you kick your week off right. Thanks for listening. Until next time.